Welcome to episode 182 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the Something About Indie edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew, I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, the number one Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I know his name is Josh Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil, and of course, um, yeah, glad to be back for another week of motorsports course um you know we talked about indianapolis and everything and uh, it was a lot of racing that happened a lot of good racing i think this weekend at the indianapolis road course but yeah ready to get back into it and of course also uh the jaguars are back uh preseason action last weekend as well so and fantasy of course uh our draft on sunday so uh yeah ready to get into it yeah plenty of football to come now because uh the Fall Ball League will be drafting this coming weekend, uh, second week of the preseason officially as well, upcoming uh, various storylines, of course, coming from this first week of the preseason. If you're a part of 49ers faithful, you've been going through the ringer, not just between the quarterback situation, meaning the backup quarterback situation, but also if you're a 49ers person and you like the English soccer team that they or or English football team that they own now. Uh, Definitely a lot going on there, but we will talk a lot about the uh, races, the triple header at Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, which saw Scott Dixon uh, extend his winning streak to 19 consecutive seasons in the IndyCar series. Uh, Michael McDowell putting a uh, whooping on the field and winning his second career Cup Series race, locking himself into the playoffs in the process at the winning the Verizon 200, and then Keebler Gibbs the evening before dominating uh, the Xfinity race, even with rain with the lightning delay. Uh, we'll get in all the other news and highlights that came from the weekend itself. Uh, talk about indianapolis if you associate indianapolis and racing one of the first names in recent memory you would associate with that is uh, tony stewart he comes off of his first win in the srx season uh, at home at his home track at his track eldora uh, chase briscoe his protege was in the race for i think seven laps uh and uh w- that went to hell in a handbasket uh, we'll get into, I mean, but at least uh, Chase had a opportunity and actually had one of his better runs of the season in the cup race. We'll talk about uh, Indy next, we'll NHRA, the last time they'll be racing at Heartland Park, Topeka this past weekend. Kyle Larson ends up going and uh, winning the Knoxville Nationals, leading every lap from pole, and then coming back to Indianapolis on Sunday to go and uh, unveil the paint schemes for his double header that he'll be doing next May in the, whatever I think they said, the Hendrick 1100 or something, Larson 1100 or whatever, uh, which is basically the same effing scheme that he runs, but they put orange in instead of red. Um, Kenny Schrader wins a Pinty series race at 68, which is just outstanding. Um, considering how mad he was at Paul Tracy, I figured he was gonna murder the guy, but um, yeah, he's still winning, tells you how good he is. 
Uh, we'll preview MotoGP and Moto2 in Austria, Austria and then Supercars at the Bend. A lot of stuff going on in their silly season, not the least of which is Shane Van Gisbergen uh, leaving and opening up one of the biggest seats in the whole entire series, which uh, likely will be going to Will Brown, who is the rival uh, on the rival team at the moment. So plenty to look at in there. We'll get into training camp and preseason updates for our teams and uh, give a little bit of a preview of what to expect from Fall Brawl. Not any major changes in terms of roster construction outside of we took the tight end position itself out because after Travis Kelsey, I, I mean, really, um, unless there, I don't have the, I mean, probably could go on some other, uh, some other uh, provider for the fantasy football and you could probably adjust scoring to where you can make it like three times scoring for tight ends or some shit. And I don't really want to, and I don't care um, as much as George Kittle's one of my favorite players. I just, it doesn't matter to me. Um, that's the same way I feel about kickers. Uh, but we'll get all that. We'll preview Cup and Xfinity at Watkins Glen. And Josh will let us know all things going on in the world of iRacing and gaming in his sim segment. All right. So let's start first with the uh, Gallagher Grand Prix at Indianapolis, which uh, saw a spin and win. Uh, Scott Dixon, not always known for the flair for the dramatic in his in his illustrious career. Uh, he's made winning look relatively easy, uh, which it definitely hasn't been for him over time. But uh, going and winning, uh, getting a win in his 319th start of his IndyCar career, breaking the record that he, or going and, and taking the record over from uh tony Kanan, who was the iron man so he's not only the ice man he's the iron man now uh extends the streak to nine 19 consecutive years with a victory at age 43 um unbelievable uh to come from lap one being dumped by roman grosjean to come back and win um win the the race there on saturday afternoon and it's his uh, 50 i think it's his 54th career indycar win and um and so also i mean also he got to his son kit which is the youngest of his children to be able to have him there i think that also is a big thing for how happy he was um but i mean the race itself was pretty straightforward in the sense that Graham Rahal was fast all weekend, fast in the first practice, then qualified on pole, led the vast majority of the race. Um, he led the basically the first part of the race. I mean, from Rahal and Dixon started um, swapping the lead from lap 27. Lundgaard snuck in there for a few laps, but... Essentially, Graham Rahal and Scott Dixon were the two dominant figures. Dixon came from tailback, utilized the long initial yellow that basically took Joseph Newgarden out of the race. Um, there were other people involved, so Newgarden, Dixon, Marcus Armstrong, 
you say Colton Hurdle was involved in it, and then Roman Grosjean. And Blue Garden got damage. And Armstrong had issues there, too. And, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, Colton Herta was also one of the cars I was stopped. I guess that's what it was, because I'm, I'm not remembering where, where how Colton Herta was involved in it. But I think the 11, the 2, and the 26, yeah, they were the ones that were stuck. But that caution took a really long time. And from what Graham Rahal said after the race, that was a big part of what assisted uh, Scott Dixon to spin and win uh, akin to Danny Sullivan back in 1985. Uh, but he, um, great strategy being able to save fuel, managing tires in a race that ran green the rest of the way uh, from lap seven, I guess, from lap seven on. Uh, that's uh, pretty uh, epic. But then that's what the IndyCar series is. And it kind of, set the tone for what we saw on Sunday too. Uh I mean Scott Dixon, we're used to him winning at least a race, of course, nineteen years, but it's been a tougher year for him. His teammate Alex Pelot, no matter what his contract situation seems to be, has been the dominant figure on road courses and street courses this year and also just in general. Um probably let the Indy 500 slip away there, got run over in pit road and all. But Polo has been that guy the last three years. I mean, last year didn't go very well until the end. He dominated Laguna. But he's been in the top five in points every year that he's been there at Ganassi. Dixon now has had a little more trouble to be able to stand up to that kind of level, which is interesting uh, after all the years of kind of being one of those guys, being the alpha at uh, Ganassi Racing. But this was an example of why he is one of the greatest of all time in motorsport and uh, in, in not just IndyCar racing, but in uh, motorsport. Uh, I mean, it's in a race where you had to basically utilize fuel mileage and you had to do everything in regards to management and go and and figure out a way to win that race and do it under green it it's uh i mean it's it's scott dixon i mean how, how else do you put it really uh scott dixon over graham ray hall paddle award uh, podium christian lungard started second had a long pit stop in terms of i think the second pit stop was too was was extremely long That'll be that's another thing that kind of uh, dovetails also into the cup race. Um, went from second to fourth, likely would have been they were looking at a double podium at Ray Hall, uh, Letterman, Lanigan, Alexander Rossi started third, finished fifth. Will Power uh, came from 16th, so both guys on row eight came up and finished in top six. Alex Pillow finished seventh. McLaughlin, Kirkwood, Marcus Erickson, your top 10. 17 cars were on the lead lap. Uh, Linus Lundquist making another start in the 60 car, uh, finished 12th. Uh, Jack Harvey in what is now will be his last race for Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, finished 14th. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's guys that were involved in the wreck. I think, uh, I, yeah, that's where it was. Benjamin Peterson had issues. I think it was saying it was root beer floathead. 
There you go. I think Rupier Floathead was spun around too. I think that's where I'm I'm getting confused, but it yeah. was one of those it was one of those cars from, from Foyt. And then Benjamin Peters, I don't know what happened to him, but then he was just out there. Uh New Garden Armstrong, Ferrucci, then you had the other rookies, Rob and Augustin Canapino, uh Grosjean ended up falling a lap down. Devlin D. Francesco made the start of his career. Um, and led the first few laps of the race in the process, and then promptly fell all the way back and was a lap down at the end of the race, which is Devlin Francesco. Felix Rosenquist, like, in insane season in regards to having bad luck, continues having a mechanical failure. Riley was in position probably to get a decent finish. His two teammates finished in the top five, and then he's holding the bag, finishing dead last. But Scott Dixon... I mean, he he goes out there and gets a win, Josh. Gets into second in points, albeit does it really matter. He's 101 points behind with three races to go. Um, I mean, I think all for Graham Rahal, he's definitely frustrated after having one of the best runs he's had in years. Hadn't won a pole in six years. Wins the pole. Dominates. Basically was a dominant figure uh, for a good amount of the race. Had a chance to catch Dixon, got held up in traffic, the whole thing, which also played a role. It's interesting how the parallels are there between Saturday and Sunday, but uh, Ray Hall couldn't fade uh, his former teammate, Scott Dixon, and you just have to take your hat off to the guy because that's why he's one of the greatest of all time. And um, getting that victory, get his first victory of the year, takes uh, second away from Newgarden, four points ahead as of now, going to the Ovals. Uh, going to last oval at Gateway, but that's Scott Dixon for you. He has to show why he is one of the greatest, and he did that on Saturday. Yeah, and Scott Dixon, of course, probably the, I mean, there are different phases of IndyCar racing, but I think, you know, definitely um, in this modern era, uh, since, um, you know, since the split, since um, all of that happened, uh, he's definitely the greatest IndyCar driver of all time, and certainly now statistically for what he was able to do and for, you know, the diversity of the series now in terms of tracks uh, and circuits that they race on, um, there's, you know, a lot more diversity, and um, now he has 54 wins. So, um, yeah, he's up up there in the greatest of all time uh, conversation. I mean, of course, AJ still has 67 career wins in an car, but you know a lot of those came on the short tracks, on the mile ovals back in the day before you know for IndyCar uh, started adopting more road racing circuits and everything. Um, and uh, you know Scott Dixon has definitely won a lot of road races in his career. So um, yeah, there's definitely a case to be made that yeah he actually is the uh, greatest of all time, and of course, six championships to go with that. So, um, not only knows how to win, but you know he's able to put together a lot of those wins and consistencies. Uh, of course, the um, you know time of regular season. So, um, yeah, definitely, um, yeah, in that conversation. But yeah, so far this year, he hasn't won a race until Indianapolis Road Course, um, and you know he's able to do it in kind of a dramatic fashion, like you said, the spin on lap one. Uh, trying to avoid the accident, touched off by his two teammates, Alex Pillow and uh, Marcus Armstrong there. Uh, and then basically that gifts him the ability to take an early stop during that uh, caution cycle and then save fuel on 
the next stint to um, make it uh, on only one extra stop beyond that and then stay out in front and then you know able to use um, push to pass as well to defend uh, at the end with Graham Ray Hall charging hard uh, on on his um, gearbox there at the end of the race so um, yeah it's a pretty interesting race I think you know the first lap uh, caution of course um, yeah that definitely uh, set a lot of dramatics in place you know this uh, with uh, Scott Dixon of course and then uh, utilizing that to his advantage and then of course you know I think the big story in the championship um, New Garden uh, getting caught up uh, in that wreck and you know falling a lap down because you know he's stuck on top and then uh, couldn't get the car refired and then wing damage as well so on his front wing so um, yeah he went from 84 points back going into this race uh going now to 100 and uh 105 points back now for new garden to alex blow so you know, it looks like i mean i guess there's still maybe a mathematical chance but it's um starting to get you know very very likely that alex blow walks out of 2023 as a champion and um you know it's uh, been a dominating season for him and uh, of course this race a bit of a uh, you know, I mean, he still finished in top 10, but still, you know, a bit of a issue there at the beginning of the race, of course, and that would have been an opportunity uh, for uh, New Garden, but, you know, of course, ends up getting caught up into it, uh, un unable to avoid the first lap incident there uh, in turn seven. So, um, yeah, big championship implications there uh, for New Garden, and, um, you know, he could probably still win Gateway coming up in two weeks, so, uh you know, there's still maybe a little bit of a chance, but definitely dwindling. Um, the, you know, the rest of, you know, the field, I mean, I think, you know, Graham Ray Hall, of course, uh, hasn't won since 2017 in the duel of Detroit back then, um, and now has first pole as well since then. Uh, so this, you know, definitely a heartbreaker for him, not being able to win a race, but then also, on the other hand, I do think it, you know, also shows the turnaround that they've had. Um, look where they were at when we were at Indianapolis last time, of course. Uh, he failed to qualify initially, and there's a lot of dramatics, of course, his teammate, uh, Christian Lungard, eliminating him from uh, the top 33 back in May, so, um, and then comes back and, um, wins the pole on the road course so definitely shows a lot of improvement there that they've made in in a, a quick time frame um and shows uh definitely that they've improved since uh what they went through last year as a team so um maybe the ray hard letterman lanigan racing hard to say that sometimes but definitely uh you know they might be emerging here late in the season um not sure how much you know le left Grammary Hall has in the tank, but you know definitely this race proved that you know when he has a good piece underneath him, um, he can definitely compete for wins. And he just came up probably just a little bit short. You know I think maybe he could have had a chance if he wasn't impeded. I guess if you want to say by Ryan Ryan Hunter Ray, of course Hunter Ray trying to stay on the lead lap gets passed by Dixon with a handful of laps to go, and then stays in between uh, him and uh, Ray Hall there and. Maybe Ray Hall, um, if he had gotten by him a little bit sooner, could have maybe pressed Scott Dixon a little bit more. Um, but, you know, definitely right up on Scott Dixon there at the very end of the race. So, um, yeah, this this race, uh, you know, was very interesting to to watch, you know, throughout from the start to the finish. And, um, you know, definitely a, a significant um, race for, you know, all you know different parts of the field. Um, and, you know, definitely something... That I think we'll remember, you know, I mean, 
wonder if this race has a future because it's kind of tied to the NASCAR uh, weekend and maybe it'll still exist, but maybe not the doubleheader format that we've had the last couple of years with IndyCar and NASCAR, uh, both sharing the same track uh, on the same weekend with the Xfinity Cup and IndyCar all racing. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, this one was uh, definitely, you know, entertaining uh, from start to finish. Yeah, and it was clean, and that's really part of what makes it all the more worthwhile um, in showing the Indy cars and having the NASCAR uh, teams and drivers all there to see that. It was a solid, strong race, ran quickly, but, you know, I mean, minus the ridiculously long yellow uh, to start the race. But, I mean, Dixon ends up putting himself in a position to possibly finish runner-up, albeit three races to go uh, right now, essentially. Um, it's between him and Newgarden for second in points. McLaughlin is uh, 39 points behind his bus bro teammate and 44 points behind, or no, five and 43 points uh, behind uh, Scott Dixon. He's uh, McLaughlin is seven points ahead of Adderall Ward and uh, 18 points ahead of Marcus Erickson there. So that's essentially where we're at. I think I, to a point you could count willpower in that mix as well. But uh, the real battle, I think, from fourth to seventh is a somewhat of a battle. And 30 points up bringing those four guys. Then you have Lungard. Uh, Kirkwood, Rossi, and Hoda from 8th through 11th. Guys who have won uh, two guys that have won races and two guys that have been close trying to win a race, willpower, um, finally winning a pole, but he hasn't won a race yet this year in his, uh, in his uh, trying to defend his second championship win. So interesting with only three races to go in that. Uh, Alex Pelot has a 101-point lead. As long as he leaves um, Gateway with uh, 50, because I'm trying to look at how 51, I mean, as long as he leaves uh, Gateway with a little over a 100-point lead, I think he only has to gain maybe five or six points on uh, with on Scott Dixon at the moment, or probably, you know, take it, adjust it for Joseph Newarn, but because they have qualifying points as well in there. Uh, you have to take that into account for the guys that start in the top three, I believe. So um, if they, if he can go and do that, and he will be the IndyCar champion for a second time in his career, and in turn, he will also stay at Chip Ganassi Racing. Since last year, the talk was he was he had signed a contract with, with McLaren, he was going to dovetail IndyCar racing with Formula One testing. Come to find out last week that the latest turn in the saga is not only is he saying he didn't sign a contract or he's not going to go and go through with the contract, he gets rid of his uh, representation and will be signing a brand new multi-year contract to continue in the number 10 car for Chip Ganassi Racing which probably means the Formula One stuff with McLaren's done. Uh, Zach Brown is pretty uh, PO'd, but Chip Ganassi came out. That's one of the first times we've heard from Chip Ganassi in this last year or so in regards to the saga. And uh, he was pretty uh, 
blunt in his uh, response to that, Josh. And it's it, it's crazy to think that the biggest drama that's going on in the IndyCar series is how Alex Pillow has handled contracts. Uh, but that's probably more dramatic than the championship itself because he put that to bed probably a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I think one thing that we have to consider is, I mean, why isn't anybody asking Alex below these questions? Because, like, you know, we see Ganassi basically laying everything on the table here, you know, saying, you know, Zach Brown's wrong this whole time and everything. And then Zach Brown is basically saying, well, we expected him to come race, but now it seems like he's not going to. And, you know, I think... You know, Alex Plow, why doesn't anybody ask Alex Plow, like, don't you have some fault in this? I mean, not, yeah. I'm not saying that he's wrong or anything, but, um, I mean, the two owners are having the discussions and everything. And then, you know, Alex Plow was the one that kind of initiated this in the first place. But, you know, on the other hand, he also fired his management team, apparently. And you have to wonder if maybe, maybe the management team was maybe giving him the wrong advice, perhaps, last year. And, trying to convince him to leave Ganassi and maybe they, you know, they probably try to reach out and get him in contact with, uh, with McLaren and everything. So uh, maybe that's what kind of caused this issue. And now I guess maybe firing the management team is part of that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an interesting one there. Um, yeah, it's been very dramatic of course. And, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of memes come out of that one as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean the, uh, McLaren saga here. I'm now potentially not having a fourth uh, full-time car next year. You know, they had plans to expand to that, I think. And then, you know, I think they're also trying to move into a, a different shop, a uh, bigger shop that allow them to produce more. Uh, so that may impact that as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a bit interesting there, but I mean, honestly, with the way that um, Alex flows been running this season it's really hard to see him uh leave and then um go to another team after what he's been able to do so uh i think you you'd want to keep you know the guys that you have around you and you know go for it for a defense of your title once again so yeah that's an interesting title and everything i mean uh i guess one parallel that you could make is i mean i don't really know the history with it but you know i mean another spaniard Fernando Alonso, remember, went back-to-back world titles, 05-06 with uh, Renault, so, uh, and then left and went to McLaren, uh, which, yeah, interesting enough, he also went to McLaren, I forgot about that for a second, uh, the original stint, of course, before, uh, you know, when he was with Lewis Hamilton for that one year, of course, and we know how that turned out and everything, so, um, yeah, it could, could end up being like that, and then, of course, the Polo wanting to go to F1, which, um, you know, he wants to do it, but, you know, there's probably not a lot of opportunities there anyways. Of course, uh, you know, McLaren's all tied up with Oliver Piastri and, um, or Oscar Piastri and, um, Lando Norris. And then any other ride probably not going to be worth it, honestly, um, other than to get your name in the hat. But, uh, yeah, that's a interesting deal there. And, you know, hopefully it's over and, you know, we can see Alex Plow either grow into one of the best IndyCar drivers here on you know the side of the uh, you know, the earth, or um, you know, can he you know if he ends up going to F1, can he represent the United States well and maybe you know bring some I guess 
attention to IndyCar and show that, you know, IndyCar has some pretty good guys that are just as talented as, you know, some of the drivers in F1. Yeah, and I think also you brought up about the the uh, management part of what was going on from what a bunch of these stories with a lot of Marshall Pruitt reporting, but then you also have David Malcher for Motorsport and et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like Alex Pillow was being shot by his management group, previous management to the likes of Alpha Tori Red Bull and Williams uh, in for prospective rides. Now, when you look at it, they both have openings uh, in theory. Uh, they have one at, at Alpha Tori or whatever they're going to be called. There's a possibility both of their, their cars could have different drivers next year. Um, the, I would venture to believe that Daniel Ricardo is going to be in one of those cars next year. So that leaves one. Will it be a Red Bull junior driver like Liam Lawson? Will they continue with Sonoda? Would they have given Palo a thought? The notion with Williams, they're, they're locked in with Alex, Alexander Albon, uh, being British and Thai and all that. And he's, you know, built himself, uh, he's made a foundation there. And they want to build with him. The second seat is Logan Sargent. He's a rookie American driver. Has had a has had a baptism by fire in certain ways. Has not scored a point as of yet through the first half of the season. Of course, there's more races, more than half the season to go once they come back from the break here in a week, couple weeks time. Uh, and the the prospective car would be that car. Now, what would they do with Logan Sargent? What does that say about their driver development program that you basically quit on a guy that you invested in, had him in a year for Formula 2, and then you quit on him to put a, the IndyCar champion in who has not driven in any of the Formula categories in a number of years in Europe. Uh, def he ran Super Formula, so that's where Liam Lawson is. But I, I agree with what you said, Josh, in terms of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He has the best team. They have the, they've been in a position to basically win all but maybe three races this year. I mean, we can make an argument. They, they haven't, I mean, they were in it at Indy. I'm not, I don't remember them at Texas really. It was mostly New Garden and Pato. Um, He's been in the mix and basically every road and street circuit all year. So basically, I mean, last week was an exception, but you know, so I mean, a handful, maybe three or four races this year, he hasn't had a chance to basically win it. And he's won a bunch. He's won four races and uh, he's been up there when New Garden's won. And Ganassi needs somebody to build around with the prospect eventually. It may not happen for another 30 years at the rate Scott Dixon's going, but at some point, Scott Dixon's going to stop, and uh, you need to have somebody there. And he hasn't had that, uh, Ganassi, in a long, long time. He had Dario, and I don't think he would ever change from Dario and Dixon if it weren't for that accident in Houston 10 years ago. But um, that's the reason why it changed, and that's why the 10 car went down after uh, his untimely um, having to retire, Dario. But this guy has come in and has been at that level. And I think also somebody probably got to, to Polo and said, look, 
the notion if you're going to go and run Formula One, if you're not in in a one the number one Red Bull, or you're not in a Mercedes or a Ferrari or it's in an Aston Martin or a McLaren, like actually have a chance of being a McLaren, which they have no openings for a long time. Like Josh said, what are you doing? You're just making up the grid. You are the guy in this series. They're getting more sponsors. It seems like, I mean, yes, in the process of all this, they lost NTT data to McLaren, which was part of the whole prospect that he was going to go there. But, Okay, fine. They can find other sponsors. Going to ask these had a, you know, done pretty well with that. What that means in terms of silly season, I don't. The one thing that I do figure now is that Rosenquist is going to stay. They like Rosenquist. It seems like they've been trying to figure out ways to keep him around. They're going to make a connection with another team. Seemed like Brian Reinbold to go and run a fourth car, and they would have put Rosenquist in that car instead. He's going to stay with the main team. I don't think that means that they can't go and expand. It means that who they would expand with changes. I think that also opens up the doors for the likes of David Malukas, knowing he has a lot of money, his dad's money. You have, you have, and trying to make a connection because they want to expand and own, run their own IndyCar program eventually. You have um, former McLaren driver, in Marcus Erickson. Now he's looking, I want to get paid. I want to be a paid driver, but he's getting Pelot's getting broke off and he's about to win his second championship here in a few weeks time. Dixon's not going anywhere, but it seems like Armstrong's trying to run full time. So they basically have the ready-made guy to jump into the eight car. They need somebody who has experience to work them through the ovals and he can bring whatever money he's bringing to the table to run that car. And then they open up the 11 car for if Sato wants to stick around and they want to try some other F2 guy that wants to come over here. So that's a, that's a play. I think Erickson is probably going Andretti uh, in, and Grosjean's going to get canned and he'll just spend, he'll focus on uh, the Lamborghini prototype deal and uh, Grosjean will be gone. Somebody else will be in a 29 car, and then um, Ray Hall with the third car. They're running Connor Daly starting at Gateway. Uh, we'll see what happens after that. So that car is open. We already know Lundgaard's their lead dog. Ray Hall is reinvigorated now. We'll see what that means for the next three races. Uh, they did not do great at Iowa in general, and uh, and I mean they'll do. I think they'll be all right at the road courses, but. Have to see what they're going to do with a thirty car, and uh, I mean that. I mean the silly season. If it is, if this is what happens, I think a lot of what would have made it really silly is gone now. But it makes sense in Pelo sticking because why would you leave when you have the best of it? Uh, but went over the points and did all that, so we will move forward with the uh, Cup Series Verizon two hundred and. Indianapolis, and that was quite a quite an interesting show. There was one early yellow in the race for Oleg um, that was caused by Jerry Logano running into uh, Justin Haley, and basically Justin Haley's day was was ruined 
at that point. Uh, but other than that yellow, which took three laps, uh, with uh, they didn't have a yellow the rest of the race. Race ran just over two hours long because road course races in NASCAR generally are shorter races, um, unless you start having a bunch of yellows. They ran with no stage breaks, which also assisted the the field there. And then when you look at what the field was itself, there really wasn't a whole lot of movement in the top 10. The guys that started up front stayed up front. Michael McDowell started fourth, but he moved up, ended up winning stage one, second in stage two. Denny Hamlin stayed out to win stage two, and um, but then got buried later in the race. Brad Keselowski got a got a couple few stage points in stage two as well uh, to assist him in his battle with Kevin Harvick. But really, when you look at the top ten, basically the guys that were there at the start of the day, they didn't change. Uh, the only one that was uh, up there that didn't end up there was Kyle Busch because he was having engine problems and uh, ended up driving around on what amounted to seven cylinders or having a some I forget some sort of engine issue there. So he didn't have all the power uh, to get through on the straights and they have long straightaways at Indy. So that was his issue there. But Michael McDowell led 54 laps. He led more laps in this race. Than I think he's led in his whole entire effing career or some shit like that, or the most laps he's ever led in any race or whatever. Uh, front row motorsports dominates michael mcdowell dominates a cup race and he holds off william clyde elliott the second to do it when he needed a win or he needs a win to get into the playoffs he holds them off to get the victory and lots of connections going on well both times that michael mcdowell's won in the cup series the guy who's finished second to him is william clyde elliott the second so that's uh something the guy who started on pole was Daniel Suarez, and like Christian Lumgard, who started on the front row in the IndyCar race, Daniel Suarez had a really long pit stop that essentially took him out of the running when he had theoretically the fastest car in the whole joint. Tyler Reddick had issues uh, uh, on pit road as well, but then it's 2311. You just assume that's going to happen. And uh, him and him and Suarez were running with each other there at the end of the race. Alex Bowman getting a top five finish for uh, the 48 team. So McDowell, Elliott, Suarez, Reddick, Bowman, one of his his best run in, in months. Um, I think at least four months, I think. Somewhere around four months he hasn't had to run a top five or anything like that. So timely to get that. Chase Briscoe. Uh, mentioned this in his post-race interview that he knew that when he missed the top 10 shootout that it was going to be an uphill battle with the way the cars are and all that. And he was right because he was the guy that moved up the most in the whole entire field uh, from a car that was outside of the top 10 from 13th to 6th. Martin Truex was right there behind him. The cup points leader made up five spots from where he started. Uh, Briscoe made up seven. Larson, Christopher Bell, and Shane Van Gisbergen uh, round out the top ten. Uh, SVG, after racing at Chicago and uh, putting a woodshed whipping on everybody, 
and embarrassing the whole entire cup garage uh, comes out and runs top 10. It wasn't as straightforward for him. The car wasn't as good as it, it was at Chicago. I think the conditions also helped with that. If you brought weather into play, I think maybe that might have equaled the playing field for him. I'm not so sure. And maybe Brody Kostecki, for that matter. I'm not so sure about Jensen or Kamui. Uh, Christopher Busher, for the first time since they brought out this Gen 7, didn't finish in the top 10, but he finished 11, so it's not that big, not that bad for him. Uh, coming off of two consecutive victories, Keebler Gibbs, who we'll talk about in a little bit with the Xfinity series, finished 12th. Blaney Byron starting from tailback. Uh, after his car failed three times throughout the car chief and had to do a drive-through, but the drive-through was under yellow, so he didn't really lose anything anyway. Cindric uh, fifteenth. So those are the guys I mentioned: Hamlin, he finished nineteenth; Keselowski twentieth. You know, the guys that scored stage points, and then bringing up some of the guys that were doing one-offs: Brody Kostecki wrecked his car in qualifying uh, just outside of the top five cutoff to get into the final round. So he had to start with a backup car. So theoretically, he probably moved up the most, but in terms of actually being someone who was in a position to win, uh, wasn't there the whole day. But credit to Brody Kostecki and his Cup Series debut. Finished out of Kevin Harvick, who was completely out to lunch the whole entire day and weekend. Mike Rockenfeller, who probably, if you're a Clyde fan, they want to be mad at him, but Mike Rockenfeller uh, filling, uh, taking over the 42, at least for last week and this week, in uh, lieu of uh, Noah Gagson suspension and subsequent at request for release. He finished 24th. Richard, um, the highlight, I think, of the whole entire day to me, you know, other than fine Michael McDowell having that was when he went and hit, um, he nailed him and, and uh, Jensen Button were getting into RG Bargy. And then he ran over Kamui Kobayashi at turn one. And Dale Jr., without missing a beat, basically said he's trying to go and hit the Grand Slam or he's trying to get a hat trick because he wanted him to go out there and hit every every international driver out there. I'm like, that's the highlight. Of, I, that, I love that. That was my favorite moment of the whole entire day. Because he's literally saying that Ricky Stenhouse is going out there like cold trickle, and he wanted him to go out there and hit the pace car. And that that's literally what, what Stenhouse did. Um, I, I was hoping he could have gotten to Rockefeller. It almost happened. That would have been great. Uh, I knew he was never going to get anywhere near SVG, so that, that didn't happen. But he had a chance to hit Rocky, and he would have gotten a hat trick there if that had happened. But uh, Brody Kostecki passed him by. But that was, I think that was the highlight of the day, really. Um, you had uh, Button in 28th, Andy Lally, of course, who's been running all the races for rare 30th, but he's not an international driver. He's a New York guy. About some of his thoughts and Police probably make him one. Um, Kamurei Kobayashi's Cup Series debut ends up in 33rd. He got run over by O. Richard and had some problems here and there, but he enjoyed the time and wants to do more. I think Todd Gilland had a, a track bar fail on his 38 car. 
And it's, he had some issues anyways otherwise, but uh, unfortunate for him because his teammate goes out there and dominates. And then uh, Eric Almirola ran out of fuel and the car was parked on pit road right in front of Michael McDowell's pit, uh, interestingly enough. But Michael McDowell, man. It's, I mean, I'm still in a way the same way as I was when we did the show, or I think, no, we didn't have the show when he won the Daytona 500. Yeah, we did. I remember. We okay, were yeah. bummed out that he won the Daytona 500. Uh, yeah, because it was, yeah, because it was. Because Logano, because he, he bump drafted Logano or Keselowski into Logano. And then Logano and, then and the then two of them wrecked. wrecked and then. And- and he continued on to the win. So I think we were bummed because of the way it, how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that still will bother me and, until <laughs> if Brad never wins a 500, it, that just makes me nauseous. But in this case, there was no need for any of that. His team did the job. He probably did the best job he's done in a race car in years. Uh, he's many years removed from being a highlight reel for almost eating it at Texas in a qualifying wreck. Uh, but you know, now goes to Indianapolis. He's won at Daytona. He's won at Indianapolis. He's in the playoffs. The 34 team has been solid. And I mean, it isn't out of the realm of possibility that he could in- advance out of round one, uh, of the playoff. And who knows, it could get really crazy. And if you get to round two and you have the Rover as your cutoff, who knows? He could finish in the top ten in points. I mean, that's it's not really that crazy. The way the last few weeks have been going, now that Ford is kind of showing some life, it isn't out of the realm. I mean, we know that Toyota and Gibbs and uh, Hendrick are the teams uh, more than likely. We don't know what Kyle Busch is going to do once we get to the playoffs, but Michael McDowell, man. Got to have his family there do all the celebrating and all 18 of his kids. And it was great. And um, through the brick, kissing the bricks, the whole bit. Travis Peterson was, I never knew who the hell Travis Peterson was. They go and interview him. Dale Jr. goes and says he worked at Junior Motorsports and at Hendrick. Well, of course. And uh, now he's a crew chief and all that. And credit. That's all we can say, man. Uh, Dale did a great job there and uh, held off old Clyde to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely a not who we would have expected. I mean, but then again, he's you know he's been up there, Michael McDowell, up there at the road course races um, throughout his whole career. That's his specialty. Remember, he came through the road to Indy uh, and went all the way through that uh, and was you know on his track to Indy cars. But then you know in 2006 goes to ARCA and then eventually you know goes into NASCAR and stays around for. You know, all the way up until 2021, and then finally wins Daytona. And you know, we honestly would have thought that that would be his only career win. But you know, he came out and uh, in the last you know last year, I think, with this next gen car, kind of changed the game uh, a little bit for him. And you know, ends up uh, ranked. I mean, ranked 23rd last year, but um, had uh, a ton of top tens and. Um, you know, top fives. So, you know, not, not out of the realm of possibilities that, you know, this year he could possibly uh, make the playoffs. And, you know, they've been very solid this year, just on the bubble. And now finally, you know, coming out here to Indianapolis goes out and wins, but not only wins, but dominates. So, um, you know, on, on pace, uh, you know, I think you said Suarez, uh, you know, if it weren't for the speeding penalty, maybe this race is a 
battle, a uh, closer battle between the the nine, the ninety nine, and the the thirty four. So uh, could have been interesting there, but you know Michael McDowell goes out and dominates you know throughout the 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 whole race, and you know uh, I mean it's good good for the series, and he's a good guy and good character and everything. So um, you know he definitely uh, have first win in front of his family. It's a also you know really good thing to have uh so now you know he qualifies for the playoffs and yeah there's a little bit of shakeup now um because uh the only driver currently locked in on points it uh is kevin harvick uh keselowski uh you know still a little bit behind on on points uh there but um more than likely will make it in bo wallace um you know last week michigan uh, definitely uh, thought you know he's 60 points to the good, so he's you know theoretically a one race uh, ahead of the uh, the field, uh, uh, you know of uh, his competitors. But you know uh, didn't have a terrible race, but also didn't really have a great race either. So um, you know they just didn't really capitalize on stage points and end up finishing uh, 18th. So not the race that they wanted and now a little bit shaky ground, especially with Watkins Glen coming up. Um, they're going to really have to have a better effort there. Uh, and then they've got Daytona coming up, which things can go, um, interesting there, you know, it can go anyway. Uh, so, uh, Wallace, of course on shaky ground there. Uh, and you know, I think, I don't think Keselowski can have any problems making it in, but you know, in the, case where a new guy wins next week and then a new way a new guy wins at daytona um you know that's not in the top 16 then you know obviously it failed to qualify uh as it stands but you know i highly doubt that happens right now so um yeah definitely um think it's going to get interesting these last two weeks uh, especially as you know the fight for that last spot or two to get into the playoffs uh you know takes place but yeah i mean you know the this race i mean the only one caution at the beginning of the race, uh, Joey Logano basically clocking out or cleaning out Justin Haley there uh, on the you know first first corner or not first corner, but the S is going out into the back straight into turn seven, and that was the only incident of the race. A little bit of argy bargy throughout the field, you know, uh, with AJ Allmendinger and Ryan Blady getting into it. Of course, mentioned Stenhouse basically going out and cleaning out most of the international drivers. Uh, Matt Weaver had a great uh, tweet uh, on you know during the race, basically encapsulating Stenhouse the 1776. We are the champs uh, moment there, and you know it's definitely a quintessential uh, oh Richard moment there, going out and cleaning out the international drivers in the field. So um, yeah, it was pretty entertaining there. But um, you know the the race itself. Um, um, I again like that you know, it was able to go green the whole way. Uh, you know, we actually had a race and cup that ended before 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, if you're on the East Coast, you, know, you definitely got half of your day back or the rest of your evening back instead of, you know, this thing playing out until, you know, possibly six o'clock or even 630, you know, with uh, the way cautions go these days. Um, so that's definitely a, a plus there. Um, and then, of course, you know, the strategies throughout the field. You, know, you saw McDowell on the um, strategy um, pitting, you know, on and before the stage breaks uh, and main, maintaining track position. You know, you had uh, Denny Hamlin going out and um, trying to win a stage 
and going out and doing that. Uh, Keselowski also on that same strategy as well. So you saw a lot of variance in strategy and, and then um, just a clean race for the most part. Um, and they they actually made it all the way, which I'm you know perfectly fine with. And hopefully we're going to have more of that. Um, so yeah, definitely, a, you know, even though not a whole lot of passing, I think went on, you know, still pretty interesting with all the strategies and definitely, uh, you know, you had to, you had to watch the whole race, uh, to really understand, you know, why, you know, Michael McDowell was able to stay up front and everything. Of course, a little, little bit of a challenge from Chase Elliott at the end, but to be honest, I mean, not really within striking distance to really put any real pressure, but, you know, if you make one mistake, uh, on any of the long straight, um, turns or, you know, going into, um, the final S, uh, set of S's, you know, you definitely, um, could give up a lot of time there. They're also going through, uh, lap traffic. So lap, you know, lap traffic definitely played a factor in the end. So, um, yeah, it was definitely an interesting race. Uh, and, you know, I think, you know, with the news that we're probably going to go back to the Oval, I mean, you know, welcome back to the Brickyard 400, but, you know, also I did actually enjoy, uh, the road course race with, uh, cup on the on the road course and definitely will kind of miss that so um you know i think uh and welcome back to the 400 but you know at the same time kind of wish that they still raced on uh this uh road course here and then you know the international drivers uh you know shane van, van gisberg i think i think he's definitely gonna uh come to cup eventually but it might might take him a few years uh to get acclimated into oval racing uh we'll see if he's able to run a partial schedule or probably runs most of the uh, road courses and cup and then acclimates into ovals with trucks and Xfinity. We'll see uh, how that goes. And then, um, you know, the rest of the rest of the guys, I mean, um, would, would have uh, liked to seen more from Kobayashi, but, you know, just didn't have the track position. Um, definitely had good lap times at different points, uh, but, you know, just didn't, you know, just wasn't able to um, have an opportunity. So would have liked to have seen uh, more from him and the same, same for Brody Kostecki, of course, uh, you know, he, crashed in qualifying uh and had a good good uh lap times there and then had uh if you measured the lap times throughout the race it was you know towards the back half in the top 10 so uh just didn't have the track position either so would have liked to have seen uh, him be able to capitalize on that so uh yeah i mean the international drivers you know hope hopefully you know translates to more ringers in in the uh cup series when it comes to the road course races always brings a different element and different interesting element compared to what we normally see so hopefully that continues uh but yeah this race definitely definitely enjoyed it so um you know i think in the past you know last year's race definitely not as interesting you know 21 very controversial for how the you know the way that that one ended so you know this one is you know very straightforward start to finish and you know definitely um encapsulates what i think road racing is all about and what nascar really should be aiming for yeah, and that's what the what road racing. That's what you're supposed to, you know, clean strategy based. You know, having to have pace to go and get there and have have a chance. And McDowell did that. A smaller program going out there and beating the predominant teams uh, on the circuit. I mean, you consider Hendrick getting to the top five. You have. Toyotas, three Toyotas in the top ten, and then you have track house, uh, two track house cars in the top ten. So, and that's a team that finished second in points last year. So, you gotta 
give credit to Bob Jenkins, that entire organization, Jerry Freeze, that whole group, Travis Peterson, Michael McDowell to get that victory. I mean, the international drivers, it's asking a lot. It kind of was the perfect storm at, no pun intended, at Chicago, where as for Shane Van Gisbergen got into that car and it suited him so well. They had more practice time there and his his driving style with that car at that track with the conditions just was the ultimate and um add that the vast majority of that field has never driven a street course race before and i mean he did that but he also went out there and finished top 10 i think he probably was left wanting a little bit from this weekend but it's been a very interesting it was a very interesting weekend for him to say the least uh we'll go into uh yeah the point standings two races to go in the regular season martin truex jr has a 60 point lead on uh denny hamlin so more more than likely gonna win the regular season points get another another 15 playoff points in there so that'll be huge for him probably get some two rounds uh william byron up there as well so he'll have a good haul of points He's at, he has the maximum amount of points right now. He has the most points right now with 22. Truex is at 20 um, as it stands. Um, so they'll all get bonus, good amount of bonus points anyway. Kyle Larson's, or uh, Bush is third, or f- uh, yeah, third actually with playoff points. Then Hamlin, then Larson, Busher, and Ross Chastain. We'll see how that all works out. Uh, right now, Kevin Harvick is two points ahead of Brad Keselowski. Uh, things kind of start going that way if, by chance, another winner go a different winner happens at Watkins Glen than of one of the people that hasn't won, or if one of those guys. Well, if it's not, well, it's not going to be Bubba. But um, if it's somebody that comes outside, like AJ Allmendinger or Gumby or whoever, um and they win, then the cutoff battle is Bubba needs a, they all, he needs a win at Daytona, and then that battle is similar to what happened with uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney last year at Daytona when both of their cars ended up getting destroyed at different points of the race, and it literally was a handful of points that um, decided the 16th spot for the uh for the playoffs when uh bald spot dylan won because they ran the cars under green when it was raining in turn one and two at daytona uh yeah so that's uh where it's at right now for the cup series uh three three drivers that have that are in daniel suarez at the moment is minus 28 off of bubba wallace uh, gibbs minus 49 elliott and bowman minus 80 in the Xfinity series, they ran the the Pennzoil 150 at uh, Indianapolis, and the uh, winner was Keebler Gibbs. After even with rain, uh, rain delays or whatever with lightning, they only had a couple of uh, short cautions. One to were both for stopped cars on track, but otherwise, um, Gibbs ends up getting 
12th career victory in the Xfinity Series, first win of the year in this Xfinity Series for the defending champion, led 28 laps. Uh, AJ Allmendinger started on pole. He was on Gibbs on the outside pole. Uh, Allmendinger won both stages, uh, led 21 laps, but fell back to third. Uh, Gibbs, Sam Mayer, coming off of a couple weeks ago winning his first career race, finishes second. Allmendinger third, Austin Hill fourth, Justin Allgaier fifth, Goldcuster, Parker Kligerman, Sheldon Creed, Kaz Grala, and Brett Moffitt rounding out the top ten. Uh, credit to Alex LeBay driving for Emerling Gase, getting an 11th place finish. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek actually getting a finish on a road course, 13th. Josh Berry started third, led a couple of laps, 14th. Sage Karam finished 15th in the, um, what do you call, uh, trying, I'm trying to remember the 45 team, what their team is. But, um, you know, they don't have the, uh, the entry list, the... Uh, what's Alpha Prime? There you go. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, you had some of the other guys there. Uh, Chandler Smith had issues and gotten her issue. I think he had broken suspension there, fell back. Chastain had suspension issues as well. Um, Daniel Hemrick got stage points but ended up uh, you know, losing time and losing positions late. So those are the guys um, that were affected, but similar to the other to the cup race, uh, not a lot of real movement. The people that were up there kind of stayed there. Uh, you know, Mayor, Allgaier, Kligerman were outside the top ten, but ended up being in there for a good part of the day. And uh, I mean, for for Austin Hill maintaining his points lead. Allgaier, after a few weeks of uh, rough results, um, comes back with a top five finish, keeps himself in the mix with a few races to go in the regular season. Um, John Hunter Nemechek loses ground to Austin Hill. He has more wins and he has more playoff points at the moment, but um, Austin Hill currently leads by 11. Justin Allgaier is minus 34 off of austin hill so he definitely needs if there's one of those three that definitely needs the playoff points uh bonus it would be all and uh but we'll see what happens with that um cole custer solidly locked in and fourth and it'll take uh a meteor to get him out of there at before the reset barry is three points ahead of sam Mayer and the best of the guys who have not won this year. Um, I mean, Jeb Burton's outside of the top 12, so uh, that kind of leaves him out over there. He finished 16, so that's not a bad run for him relative to how he usually runs on road courses. But Gibbs were getting the win, not really shocking. Him and Allmendinger, we picked those guys last week, Josh, and uh, not really a surprise there. Uh, Gibbs has proven over time he He's pretty solid at this road racing deal. It's a little harder in the Cup Series with the uh, talent and the uh, equipment, but in the Xfinity car, he, he uh, did work. That's a victory and um, probably provided him some good momentum going into Sunday, and he kind of repeated that with a top 15 finish. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, the win Saturday for Ty Gibbs definitely gave him a lot of confidence. And, you know, I think probably he had the best car throughout the race, uh, you know, before the rain came, uh, after, you know, the first couple of laps took the lead from AJ Allmendinger and built up a, honestly built up a pretty good lead. And then the rain came and then I kind of actually, you know, once they got back going again with the tracks still pretty damp and everything kind of did throw a wrench in there, uh, to the strategy. Of course, AJ goes on immediately back onto the slicks, uh, pretty much, uh, once the rain stopped, um, and then I think, you know, Ty Gibbs stayed out for a handful of laps. Uh, so that did cause some variation. And then uh, because of that, Almendinger was able to make up a lot of time and able to uh, take the lead and uh, hang up there uh, in the lead for a bit, uh, being on that strategy. And probably honestly would have held track position um, had there not been any cautions. Um, I think probably would have won if there weren't any. Uh, but especially the the final caution but uh you know he was up there up front uh but you know once once um the final caution happened and kind of reset the field uh ty gibbs was right there alongside uh aj almendinger and he's able to take the lead and uh hold on to it for the rest of the race so uh yeah ends up winning by seven seconds almendinger kind of fades at the end to third he was in uh second for most of that last stint and then you know by the end sam mayer uh, he's beginning to show that he's actually pretty decent at road course racing. Um, goes out there and and gets a second place, so that's a you know pretty good being able to capitalize on you know a uh, car ahead of you faltering in the final uh, couple of laps of the race. So uh, definitely a good result there for uh, for him. Um, and then Gibbs, of course, uh, confidence booster there going into Sunday, and uh, definitely helps with uh, the road course racing, which he's you know been really good at. Uh, you know, the rest of the field, uh, John Hunter had some in incidents. So, uh, you know, not, not really able to have a, a great day in terms of, uh, you know, strategy and, uh, points only got three stage points, uh, in this, um, race. Uh, so, you know, Austin Hill goes out and extends, they came in tied and he extends his lead to 11 points over John Hunter and Emichek. So, uh, definitely, uh, not the race that he wanted, uh, you know, Austin Hill was able to, um, you know, score points, uh, and, you know, get that, uh, extension of his lead. So, um, you yeah, know, definitely a, a good race for them. Um, yeah, I mean, not as, you know, quite as dramatic as, um, you know, the IndyCar race, I think, or, um, even the cup race to a degree. Uh, but, you know, you definitely had your comers of goers throughout the field. Uh, you know, Josh Berry was up there for a bit too. Um, but, you know, I think, um, some of those guys that tried to stay out on strategy um, after the rain, I think they really hurt themselves, uh, you know, in terms of being able to really be in the race competitively. Um, you know, Almendinger, of course, set the trend, but, you know, the rest of the, um, you know, drivers that followed, uh, some of them, you know, like Barry and I think, um, like, uh, I, I mean, you can even throw Allgaier in that as well, but, you know, just didn't have, um, the pace and then you know they just stayed out too long to really um you know take themselves out of contention especially with uh you know the track quickly drying up after uh the rain fell so yeah i mean um yeah this this was a good race too but you know just um shows um that you know you really really have to have a solid piece under you to be able to compete especially uh, at the road courses yeah in the xfinity series it's a lot more um uh, 
telling in terms of it's more drive. I think in a lot of ways it's more driver and equipment combo. I mean, in a cup series, obviously, you know, you're going to have the equipment. The vast majority of those guys are going to have it. You need to kind of have the pit stops right and, you know, kind of deals like that. But when you look at the guys who have more reps, you're going to go in there and cherry pick in a sense. And that's, that's what Gibbs did there. Um, I mean, in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what he was able to do and credit to him and, uh, Almeninger left wanting. And then he was even more angrier after Sunday going to, uh, well, just briefly, I'll get back into the points right now. The, uh, eight drivers have won a race so far this year. The regulars, Barry plus 114. Daniel Hemrick plus 50, Riley Herbst plus 34, Sheldon Creed plus 17 over Parker Kligerman, Buckshot Jones minus 65, Brett Moffitt minus 95. So essentially, four races to go. If you're not Parker Kligerman from 14th on back, you need a win. Uh, Josh Berry is still looking for a win. Two races, I would think, uh, I think Kansas and... Uh, Darlington sued him really well. They also sued Sheldon Creed very well. Um, Daytona is a complete wild card, and Moffitt had pace there. So it, it could, I mean, Daytona, we all think about it as a colleague track, but you never know what could happen. Uh, uh, Daytona and Watkins Glen, of course, there's going to be cup, cup guys again this weekend cherry picking. So uh, we'll see with that. Uh, yeah, I was checking back on the picks, and I mean, I think one of us was going to get get it right. We picked the two guys that made the most sense, and because I was able to pick first, I got the uh, Keebler on that one. But I'll take actual, I'll take credit on the truck one uh, because I picked Ty Majeski last week to win, and uh, Lane Riggs was uh, was my uh, wild card choice. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen made his uh, truck series oval and his pavement oval debut and uh, ends up uh, 28th. He decent qualifying. 19th. Or 19th. Where, yeah, he was 19th after starting 28th. My fault. Thank you. Uh, the uh, Ty Majeski, though, dominated the race. 179 of the race's 200 laps. He led uh, Corey Heim, which was your pick, Josh. Got second in both stages, ended up uh, uh, falling back there late, probably with the strat. Christian Eckes started on pole and uh, finished second. So that was pretty straightforward. Lane Riggs finishes third for Spire, Carson Hosevar, Zane Smith, your top five. William Sawalich, sixth for uh, Tricon, Raja Karuth. Probably the best finish of his truck series career. Um, in seventh, after starting fourth, I mentioned Heim, Matt Crafton, D. Burrito, Nick Sanchez, Grant Enfinger. Well, they're round out the top 12. There, Enfinger, uh, the defending winner at IRP. Garcia, Chase Purdy, Tanner Gray round out the top 15, and the guys that scored stage points. Ben Rhodes finishes 16th. And Jack Ward, who's driving the 51, uh, which is in based on the owner points, finished 18th. Uh, Greg Van Alst had an accident because 
it seems like the cartoon anvil lands on Greg Van Alst no matter what he does. Uh, unfortunate for him, uh, he got run over early. Uh, you had uh, Landon Lewis and uh, Haley Deegan getting an argy-bargy together. Uh, she ran into Landon Lewis, and then Landon Lewis decided to finish her off, uh, coming off of the day before or the evening before for her, uh, showing the good and the bad of Haley Deegan there. But Ty Majeski, one of the best super late model drivers that exists in this country, one of the best short track racers in this country, and starts the playoffs, which is going to be a freaking uh, endurance battle with a win at uh, IRP, going to a track where the trucks have not been at in years, which is essentially a pseudo home game for door sport at Milwaukee Mile here in a couple weeks' time. But Ty Majeski locking himself in to the round of eight is a huge deal for him. Uh, he doesn't have to worry about um, anything for the next two races. He could possibly end up being the overall leader in the points after those two races. You're going to have the Milwaukee Mile coming up. You're going to also uh, have Bristol, I believe. Yeah, they're going to run... Or no, Kansas. Okay, so they'll run the Milwaukee Mile in a couple weeks' time. And then they'll have a couple weeks off. Then they'll run Kansas and Bristol back-to-back. So the end of the first round and the start of the second round will happen in consecutive weeks within six days of each other, no less. But Majeski going out there, putting a whooping on them. Guys that have been up there all year standing out. Two of the three young guns that, you know, at least you hope in the case of Lane Riggs and Rajar Karuth are given continued opportunities to stay up and actually continue building on their career. I think every time Lane Riggs has been in a truck, he's been great, it seems like, whether he was driving for uh, Stubal uh, and Halmar reason or if it was now with Spire. Uh, Spire, while their cup program is is not exactly the greatest, uh, they have definitely put out great trucks uh, every time they seem to show up and are able to race. But yeah, so, I mean, gotta take your hat off to Majeski. Maximum points. It gets all the playoff points. Maximum playoff points. Two stage wins. The, the stage wins, the five bonus points just dominates. And um, he gets his third career truck series victory. So, um, and, and a relatively clean uh they only had they had three what is it there two yeah five and twelve so stage one i think the stage two caution involved the 70s so they probably that stage two caution involved was probably around where that incident with the dean thompson and uh spencer boyd happened and then um so yeah so i mean really only one or Two cautions for incident, or two cautions for incident, no caution for the last 52 laps of the race. So, and he led the last 159 laps, or 159 laps of the race in the, as well. So, woodshed whipping by, uh, by, uh, Ty Majeski there, Josh. Yeah. And, you know, Ty Majeski, you know, dominated this race. Of course, like you said, uh, you know, he's 
been you know been somebody that for years kind of been uh hasn't had a lot of success the first you know the first uh couple of years that he was in truck but you know last year won a handful of races and then now finally finally wins you know a couple of weeks ago at richmond uh definitely should have probably won that one but then made a mistake on pit road so uh now comes out and uh wins this one just thoroughly dominates here to start off the playoffs so yeah credit to you getting uh that uh pick right there uh yeah, you know, of course, uh, Christian Eck has had a good run, and you know, late Lane Riggs also with a great run there. Um, you know, Hosevar also, you know, somebody that you know really needs a um, you know good run, and I mean, he's kind of uh, you know point standings wise, um, probably probably needs a little bit more, uh, but you know, he's uh, definitely is um, still you know it's still early here, so uh, still definitely needs a opportunity. Um, you know, uh, William Sawalich, you know, he, he ran, uh, pretty good. He's only, you know, ran four races, uh, so far and it's his third, uh, top 10 finish. So, you know, he's somebody I think we're gonna have to watch here in the next couple of years, uh, in the truck series. Um, and, you know, going into, um, you know, possibly full time in a few years, possibly, or something like that. And then Raja Karuth, of course, uh, goes out and, uh, has a really good run. So, you know, finally a, uh, great, great run, uh, for him and, you know, finally getting a, a top 10 finish, uh, this season here, um, or well, second top 10 finish actually. So, um, so, you know, good, good on him, uh, here, one of his better runs this season, um, and, you know, everything. So, uh, yeah, uh, Shane Van Ginsburg, of course, uh, Van Ginsburg, and of course we, uh, talked about him earlier with his, how he's trying to get into cup and, you know, really uh, ran a solid race when you um, look at it at the end of the day. Didn't really get into any trouble or anything and uh, stayed out of, you know, uh, you know out of people's way and uh, was able to, um, you know, learn learn things uh, on how to, you know, race on an oval. Um, you know, definitely there were some parts where you had uh, some decent pace uh, in the middle portion of the race, but, you know, ends up kind of, you know, he said he kind of missed up on the adjustments at the, uh, towards the end and then faded back uh, to 18th and uh, a lap down. So, yeah, definitely um, for him, solid debut on the short track oval, and we'll see how many yeah, how many more truck races does it take uh, for him to get more experience uh, on the ovals. But, you know, this is a good uh, good oval experience for him. Of course, um, um, you know, he's raced in sprint cars in Australia on uh, dirt ovals. So, um you know, not completely foreign to ovals, but yes, yeah, the first time that he's raced on a pavement oval, uh, so it's a little bit, you know, a little bit different from, you know, running in uh, the uh, dirt ovals that he's been used to, where he started out and where he's kind of dabbled in over the years. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely a solid debut there. But um, yeah, we'll see how this, uh, you know, championship, how the first round here uh, plays out for the Truck Series. You know, now. Ty Majeski's got one under his belt. Now they go to Milwaukee, of course, like you said, and you know could be a another dominating day for uh, the Fords here, especially for Thor Motorsport. They've definitely ran uh, pretty well this year and just uh, now finally winning. Yeah, Thor Sport, of course, wanting to go and uh, continue that with you have three guys in the playoffs. With uh, Crafton, of course, Wiley veteran and former three-time champion. You have Rhodes, who's coming off of a not a great performance. And uh, he's still above the cut line, though. 
Um, Majeski's only three points behind Corey Heim. Eckes is minus eight. Osovar, four. Zane Smith, fifth. Then there's a little bit five-point gap between Smith and Enfinger. And the real gap is from from sixth, which is Enfinger, to Ben Rhodes in seventh, which is 20 points. Rhodes, Nick Sanchez, Matt Crafton, D. Burrito are only separated by five points. Um, two of those four guys, as of now, uh, would be eliminated after uh, Kansas, which will be, there's going to be a few weeks between all these races anyway. Um, hopefully in that time, maybe Zane Smith will see what Front Row Motorsports is looking at, because now they don't know what their plans are with him. They announced that uh, McDowell and uh, Todd Gilland will return next year in a Cup Series. Will Zane Smith continue there? Will he continue with this truck team? Will they be getting somebody else? Will that affect how they run this championship after the amount of great results that they've had together? It's curious to see Hosevar wanting to maintain that points position uh, because you don't know after this first round. I'm not so sure how things will land. You have Talladega, which is always a complete you know disaster waiting to happen uh, for him and uh, to see if he can move up. I think Majeski, Heim are the two right now. They they look kind of they look pretty solid. I mean, we talked about Zane Smith. Heim and Carson Hosevar, but I guess now you insert Majeski and Ekis into that, and those are the big five, and uh, we'll see how that all works out, because we have another less than three months to go, but the truck series season, so we'll see how that all goes. The, going into the um, race at uh, Eldora for uh, SRX, I mentioned it. It was basically uh, a domination of the uh, 20. Huh? Oh, so they have. You know, so that was from earlier this year. Uh, the SRX series, uh, Tony Stewart wins both heat races and wins the race itself. And. Um, I mean, it was he. The only issue, he, the only time he had to do any real passing was in the first heat, um, or the second heat when he had to come from tailback, and so that's a that's a, a quality result there for him. Uh, it's been a rough year, rough couple of seasons for Tony in the SRX after winning the first championship. He ends up winning. The overall, uh, well, we'll go in a in race in heat one, he wins over Bobby Labani by uh, 3.73 seconds, and then Ron Caps who had the pole, uh, by 4.37 seconds. Of course, yes, Ron Caps, the three time funny car champion, uh, racing in an SRX car on a dirt oval. Kenny Schrader fourth, Brad Keselowski fifth, uh, in the first, uh, heat. Austin Dillon had a radiator hose come off, water down the whole entire uh, track uh, behind him, going in from the back straight in a turn three. And in the process, Haley Deegan, Chase Briscoe, Tony Kanata, Marco Andretti all crash into him. Deegan uh, and Marco Andretti end up getting backup cars. Dillon and Tony Kanata end up being parked for the night. Somehow or another, Chase Briscoe's car was repaired enough for him to get out there and race. 
which was good to see. Uh, he too, Tony wins by 1.595 seconds over his uh, longtime uh, cup compatriot and rival, in a sense, Matt Kenseth. And Kenseth. And then um, Ryan Newman, 3.15 seconds back in third. Marco in the backup car, fourth. Bobby Labonte, fifth. And uh, Ron Capson, or sixth. In the main event, 75 lapper. Tony Stewart gets the victory over Haley Deegan, who is in the backup, her backup car. Ryan Newman, another solid top five finish for him, third place. Labani Kenseth round out the top five. Marco Andretti in sixth. Chase Briscoe actually credited with seventh. I'm not sure how, but um, he was a few laps down. He didn't start the race, but whatever. I guess that's SRX. Um, Ken Trader, Brad Keselowski rounding out the field. Keselowski had issues in the main event, spinning out a bunch of times. Caps had an accident at a park after a good start to the night. So the results there, and then we'll go back into the uh, points. The point standings with one race to go uh, coming this weekend at or coming this Thursday at um, at the uh, Lucas Oil Raceway. They don't have those points up. And they didn't update the website, which tells you how great the SRX is when they can't even post the results on their own page. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised there. <laughs> yeah, that I I tried, and that's like credit tobychristie.com, even though they do have some issues with their page, especially with the points. Uh, essentially, um, Ryan Newman would have to fall off uh, Humpty Dumpty's wall or whatever to not win the championship, and I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, speaking of goofballs that'll be in the race, uh, what is it? Uh, Kenny Walsh will be in the race on uh, Thursday night. Uh, SR, yeah, he'll be in the race on Thursday night at Lucas Oil Speedway, along with Jonathan Davenport, the multi-time Lucas Oil Eight Model Series champion, will be in the in the field. And then, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see, yeah, the drivers. Yeah, so those are. Some of the part-timers you got, yeah, you got Kenny Schrader, Kenny Wallace. You'll have Jonathan Davenport. I think Ernie Francis Jr. is going to make a an appearance too. So that'll be cool to see the guy who's right now in the Indy Lights series. So that'll be uh, a guy who's been in Trans Am many years, won championships there. So uh, credit to him on that. We'll uh, go. I can go on there. Their Twitter page they actually update. They don't update their uh, website, which is pretty weak. But um, or maybe I was wrong. Uh, they don't update their Twitter page. Um, they go and adjust. They they put the billboard or uh, they they mess with the or no they do have it. They pinned. They have some of these tweets are are pinned, and then they have something from July twenty eighth. Yeah, no, okay. I that is not good. <laughs> um, that is not good at all. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna leave that alone. I I, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, with that, uh, NHRA ran at Heartland Park, Topeka, this past weekend for the last time. The place where Jim Epler was the first person ever to drive 300 miles an hour in a funny car amongst other historic events that took place there. 
um, the results of the what's it called the Menards the Menards and HRA Nationals presented by Pet Armor. Uh, Justin Ashley gets the victory in top field. Bob Tasca in funny car. Eric Anders in uh, pro stock. You had uh, I'm trying to see if uh, I'm not sure if uh, top alcohol dragster if um, Tony ran ran at uh, you know they're not going to show the ladder there. Um, trying to go and bring up top alcohol dragster. Yeah. Rich McPhil, yeah. So Tony didn't race race last week, but in the in the event at Topeka, which is interesting. But I guess he's doing well in points, so it doesn't really matter. Rain delays and issues happen at Topeka, so they had to run the race at uh, they ra- finished the race at night for those guys there for all three for all the pro categories. I figured there's other ones too. Um, top fuel motorcycle or is that the top fuel harley is that what that is no okay so i don't know why they post that all right so in pro stock dallas glenn ends up qualifying number one but doesn't end up uh getting victory rare rare occurrence there uh glenn goes and loses to eric anders who got him on the tree so Whole shot loss there, and then Eric Anders beats his Glenn's teammate Greg Anderson in a battle between Elite versus KB Titan. Anders goes uh, past Chris McGay, Aaron Stanfield. I mentioned the aforementioned two guys from KB Titan. Dallas Glenn beats Fernando Quadra, Camry Caruso on his way to the loss there in the semis. Greg Anderson to Came from the number two spot, beats David Quadra, Troy Coughlin, and Derek Kramer on his way to the final there. In the funny car class, Bob Tasca gets the victory. Matt Hagen runs the top speed of the weekend. And low ET, Matt Hagen was the best reaction time. Robert Height was a number one qualifier, but lost to uh, Bob Tasca, who had a faster re- reaction time and also elapsed time but not faster speed there in the semifinal. Tasca beats Blake Alexander, Alexis DeJoria, Height, and Hagen on his way to the victory. Caps after racing SRX gets knocked off in the second round by his Toyota teammate J.R. Todd. Uh, Matt Hagen beats Alex Laughlin, Tim Wilkerson, and uh, J.R. Todd on his way to the final. And then in pros, yeah, so then in top fuel you have Justin Ashley gets the victory over Brittany Force. Brittany Force uh, will go first with Justin Ashley, who started from the seventh spot, beats Josh Hart, Leah Pruitt, Antron Brown uh, by whole shot, and then uh, Brittany Force in a close battle there. Uh, Force beats Langdon, Steve Torrance, who is the number one qualifier, and Clay Milliken in the semifinals on her way to the finals. And then they'll show the standings. We've got a couple of races to go in the in the regular season. They have what is it, Brainerd this coming weekend and then the US Nationals on Labor Day weekend. So as of now Justin Ashley and Steve Torrance have locked themselves in to the countdown. You know, I figure as the weekend goes by and 
as the weekend goes by in at in 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 Indianapolis, some of these other drivers will lock in. That's for top fuel. Matt Hagen, Ron Caps, Robert Height locked in uh, to the Funny Club Championship. Uh, Chad Green, Bob Tasca, Alexis DeJore, I would venture to say, uh, whether it's through qualifying or uh, if they can make a round, I think they'll all lock in. Dallas Glenn, the only one locked in so far in the uh, pro stock category, but we'll see a bunch of them come through later on. Gage Herrera uh, was dominated. He'll He's already locked in to the countdown. But they'll be racing two uh, races. This next two races will be all four pro categories will race at uh, at the pro or no? They're not pro stock motorcycle. Actually, is not racing at. That's interesting. Pro mod, top alcohol dragster, funny car comps. Or, I thought they would run pro stock motorcycle at Brainerd, but oh well. Uh, okay, we'll go and move forward to. The Indy Next. Indy Next, I mentioned earlier, uh, Hunter McKellay got into into it with his uh, teammate and uh, to win his third race of 2023. So uh, James Rowe by 0.43 of a second. Or he got into it. He, he was racing... Yeah, he was, and he got he got into it with James Rowe. Reese Gold finishes third. Um, McKellar had had issues with his car. Or no, it was Louis Foster. That's what it was. He wrecked Louis Foster, and um, that's what happened there. He was racing him, and then James Rowe was catching him because of the damage, but he held him off to go and get the victory. Um, points leader Christian Rasmussen finished sixth. So he had that. I'm trying to go look through some of these. Oh, yeah, Foster loses out on a bunch of points there. Nolan Siegel struggled to finish 12th. And so that's the results there. Their next race, of course, will be Gateway in a couple of weeks' time. Point standings, Christian Rasmussen is up by 33 points on McElroy and then... 55 points on Nolan Siegel with, uh, what is it, three rounds to go, I guess, and, and 57 on Jacob Abel, and that's really the championship there. Um, Louis Foster loses out a bunch of points last weekend, only nine points ahead of Reese Gold, 10 points ahead of James Rowe. Daniel Frost, Kiffin Simpson, and Ernie Francis Jr. rounds out the top 10. Rasmus Lind in 11th, Jamie Chadwick in 12th. Uh, then um, I mentioned the Knoxville Nationals uh, earlier, and uh, I can't type or spell. Um, Kyle Larson ends up going and getting his second Knoxville Nationals victory um, two out of the last three years, and they had a throwback paint scheme on uh, his Paul Silva number 57. Uh, wins uh, led flag to flag, and then um, got to celebrate with his son Owen there. So credit to him, winning his second career uh, Knoxville Nationals uh, event. So he always he dreamed about winning the Knoxville Nationals, and by golly, he did it. So uh, we got uh, 
See, I'm trying to look for the results. Just want the results. That's that's all I want. Can I actually get the results? Um, they can't get it from Knoxville Raceway. Can't do that. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go and do that. I'm gonna have to go on HendrickMotorsports.com. Surprised my car, or my computer hasn't caught fire. Um, I don't want it to catch fire. Believe me, but uh, let's see here. Feels amazing. It's a six. So I didn't have the results. So, so for fuck's sake, um, I'm gonna go to WorldOfOutlaws.com. Yeah, there you go. You can go set to swing back through California, Phoenix, and Marion County Sprint Car Recap. There you go. Whoa, what is that? Moments of emotionalism compared to cycle and oh, okay. So it was a Californian. Okay, good for him. Um, yeah, Kyle Larson over David Gravel, the points leader in the world of outlaws, who had to come from twenty second to finish second. Eleven time uh, Knoxville Nationals winner Donnie Schatz, who won his prelim night, started third, ended up finishing third. Gio Selzy fourth, Carson Macedo fifth, Brad Sweet. Sixth, Rico Agu started second, finished seventh. Buddy Kofoid in eighth. Kerry Madsen, Sheldon Hoddenshield, who also advanced from the the um, Hard Knocks night on Friday to get in to the main event, finishes tenth. You know, go through some of these other guys that were in there. Brian Brown, longtime Knoxville uh, track runner and champion and winner, uh, finished fourteenth. It was a relatively clean, uh, the only issues for Logan Schuhart, who started fourth, and Hunter Schoenberg, both those guys had issues, uh, fell back. Um, otherwise, it seemed like a pretty clean and straightforward uh, race there. So, credit to them. Uh, Gravel wins the Hard Charger Award, 22nd to 2nd. Last chance showdown uh, to get into the main event was won by... Uh, Justin Peck, and then Chase Randall, who finished 13th, was a rookie of the race. I mentioned the Pinty series for uh, for, for the Cascar, whatever, uh, racing the on the dirt at Oshwegan. And uh, it's interesting to think that Kenny Schrader's never won a Cascar race, uh, but that actually happened Monday night. Uh, on uh, yeah, so Win led the f- final twenty laps, Freshstone Dirt Classic, uh, racing for uh, Scott Steckley's team, the number twenty-two, sixty-eight-year-old Kenny Schrader gets the victory. So, um, I mean, that's really that's pretty interesting, and uh, for them to win, it you know, photo finish. So it's only the second time they run on run there on the dirt. So, um, excuse me, be back in action on Tuesday for, yeah, so they're racing here again tonight, or they're supposed to race again tonight, so rain postpones until, so the rain was uh, on Tuesday when we're recording the show, they were supposed to race that, but um, instead uh, they'll run their second race. Right now, Trayton Lapsovich is 31 points ahead of... Of uh, Mark Antoine Camerand, um, Alex Tagliani third, LP Dumoulin fourth, Alex Gwinnett fifth, former multi-champion Kevin Lacroix sixth, former multi-champion DJ Kennington in seventh, um, Andrew Ranger uh, having a rough season, he's in twelfth, 
trying to go through some of these other people. Look through some of the other stars, rookies. Okay, there you go. And look, yeah, Sam. Uh, so it's like I saw Ron Fellows. I thought it was Sam Fellows. Um, Alex LeBay's actually made a couple starts. Uh, John Francois Dumoulin, Kyle Steckley. I, mean, I don't understand why. Oh, they haven't updated points from a couple weeks ago. Okay, so that'll do it. A uh, couple. Raphael Lassard. Huh? There you go. Name from the past, and uh, okay, move to MotoGP and Moto2 at uh, Austria. Going into that race weekend, the trying to go through, yeah, like that. Um, the standings going into the race this coming weekend, Peko Bagnaya, when he 37, 41 points ahead of Jorge Martin and a further uh, yeah, 47 points ahead of Marco Bisecchi. Um Ducati holding the top three and four of the top five spots at the moment. Uh, KTM going to their home race. Uh, Brad Binder, winner there uh, in right now in fourth. And Alicia Spargo coming off his first win of the season. Uh, going in tied with Luca Marini, uh, sixth in points. Jack Miller, the other KTM there in eighth. In Moto2, trying to go the Moto2. So see full standings. I see full standing. Trying to get it for. That's not what I need. But Moto2. Uh, Moto2 results in standings for teams. Okay, there you go. Pedro Acosta. Uh, up by two points on Tony Arbolino and then there's a huge separation between those two and uh, Jake Dixon which is 42 points and third uh, battle between Dixon Kinnett and Alonzo Lopez only separated by 12 points um, Joe Roberts having his best run of the season moves himself within one point of Jeremy Alcoba he's 10 points out of 14th and is probably getting up to the top 10 is going to be asking a lot unless he's able to put together a uh, very deep run in uh, points earning in the rest of the season. But we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, Supercars at the Bend this coming weekend. Uh, point standings. Dixon wanted SVG to try IndyCar. Ah, that would have been something. Um, Bodie Kostecki uh, going back, racing at the Bend this weekend, leading his current teammate, Will Brown, by uh, tw- 2018, yeah, 28 points. Shane Van Gisbergen third, uh, Brock Feeney fourth. And that battles within less than 100 points, separating the top four drivers and the points. And uh, the two top two teams, the Coca-Cola Erebus team and the uh, Red Bull uh, Red Bull team, which, uh, air, yeah, that's not right. But uh, the driver's points are definitely right. Um, driver's points are right, which uh, is a surprise. Supercars at 600 races. Oh, wow, that's cool. Um then the OTR Super Sprint at the Bend. Then they'll have a couple uh, 
about a month off before they run the Sandown 500. So the fur they'll be back racing the Enduro at Sandown, so that'll be great to see. Or actually, yeah, so Brody Kostecki is 40, so that probably was from last year, okay. 41 points, so I was wrong about that. Scratch that. Brody Kostecki up by 41 on Will Brown, who is likely going to be taking over for the guy that he's ahead of by 13 points, Shane Van Gisbergen and Brock Feeney, uh, 67 points behind in fourth. Uh, Will Brown moving over to Red Bull and pole racing triple eight to be Brock Feeney's teammate, Jack LeBrock. The rumor is he's going to go and take over the ride that Will Brown's exiting. So that'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Josh, I'll let you go um, get your uh, thoughts in on what you saw last week on Jack from Jacksonville. And um, initial takes for where you're going to be picking and uh, what you can do from the seventh uh, position in the draft. Since that's where you finished fourth last year, you've had a solid run in the league since joining it. So let us know what you're thinking uh, as we go into this coming weekend for week two of the preseason and our draft. Yeah, I mean, for Preseason, uh, you know, Jacksonville had a um, shaky start to start off with. Trevor Lawrence first pass the preseason, getting uh, overthrew it and gets intercepted uh, by the Cowboys. Uh, so that wasn't, I mean, it's not too much to worry about, but, it, you know, it's always kind of a bad optics to start off the first pass of the, uh, you know, literally the first pass of the season uh, in uniform uh, is a pick. But, you know, recovered well from that, um, you know, the Jaguars, uh, recovered uh, a fumble as well on special teams and got it back for the offense. Uh, so, you know, they were able to get uh, some points on the board. Trevor Lawrence throwing a touchdown to um, Christian Kirk, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, who people are saying, oh, he looks bigger than Tank Bigsby. No, he's not. He's smaller, in fact. There's a reason why Tank Bigsby's name is Tank, uh, but he had some solid runs there. Uh, Calvin Ridley caught two passes. Uh, so, um, look, look like he's, uh, getting back up to speed here after being suspended away for, uh, you know, for the whole year and looks like he's getting back into game shape. So, um, you know, looking, looking good there. Uh, looks like there's a lot of good solid depth all around. Um, so, you know, I expect, um, you know, the team to really be, you know, hold up really well throughout the, you know, course of the season last year didn't have quite as good depth as they do this year. So, you know, um, Trent Baalke actually doing a decent job building the team, uh, pass rush, still a bit of an issue though. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, I think you have to give a really good shout out to Nathan Rourke, third down or third QB, uh, on the roster, made some highlight plays, um, basically was all but sacked in, uh, one of his touch touchdown passes and threw a nice, nice touchdown, uh, breaking out of uh, many tackles to make that sack or make that touchdown. So, um, yeah, definitely probably one of the highlights of the week uh, on, you know, for all of the week one and preseason uh, there. So, yeah, some good stuff here, you know, overall in um, the preseason. Um, I think the offense looks pretty solid for Jaguars on starting, you know, on starting players and 
defense uh, looked solid as well as starting defense. So um, looking forward to you know, how they play against Detroit. You know, Detroit's one of the up-and-coming teams as well in the NFL. See how many series uh, they play uh, this weekend. Uh, so looking looking forward to seeing that. Um, you know, the uh, yeah the fantasy league. Um, yeah, picking seventh here. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, gonna have to gonna have to do some research into my strategy uh, for this week. Usually, just go best available player, but you know, side side if I want to go running back or uh, wide receiver to start off, or if you want to go spicy and go quarterback and just start the QB run uh, in the first round, uh, which I've done before. Uh, as I picked in 2013, I picked Peyton Manning with my first pick uh, in in the draft uh, and everything. So you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, Hopefully, hopefully everybody else does reasonable. Um, you know, I know we've seen some crazy things happen in the middle of the draft. Uh, you know, Vic starting off a QB run in the first round, going uh, Brady and I forgot who he picked, but didn't didn't he pick like two QBs like right after one of one of, of the other? Yeah, like, when he, he won picked, the championship, he Brady. went back to back picks with quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, he picked. Oh yeah, he picked Brady and Dak. That's I think that's what he did, but. Yeah. Uh so yeah, pretty interesting there uh choice there, but um yeah, that was um especially cuz the first game of the year Brady and Dak played poorly fantasy-wise and then Dak got hurt. So um yeah, that's that one is interesting. So um yeah, and then going through the middle rounds, we'll see, you know, how, how to fill out and of course got to got to get a good tight end. So we'll see if I'm able to pick a good tight end this time uh, cuz it seems like you got to get him got to get him early. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, um, and then you know, just fill out the players and try to get a solid, uh, solid put together team. Uh, you know that holds up real well uh, first couple weeks of the season. And if I need to make any trades, they have enough name recognition, enough value that I can make the move without any question or anything like that. So yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully, try to win the title this year. As always, I think everybody has that goal. But there's only gonna be one winner, so uh, we'll see how how far we can make it. Um, the you know the playoffs uh, felt like you know last year barely kind of squeaked in uh, to the playoffs compared to previous years, and then you know kind of showed the results kind of showed uh, lack of depth there as uh, kind of uh, exited or kind of uh, the second round. I think we made in, did not make it in the cha- the championship round so uh we'll see we'll see how that goes this year and definitely wanting to wanted to have a little bit better performance there so um yeah looking forward to it uh and looking forward i guess to the draft on sunday and seeing how you know how it all goes yeah i mean for i'll go and piggyback off of that i mean picking ninth as uh being the runner-up to wilson who will be in china uh with his family uh, so we won't be able to draft our uh, mutual friend Randy, who's been in the league before. Uh, from I went to school with him in K through twelve, and Wilson and Randy were roommates for what is it for one year at uh, college. Uh, he'll be drafting. He's a pretty solid guy in terms of football knowledge and the like. Uh, so, but will it be the same kind of? drafting the way that Wilson is probably not. I'm not so sure. I mean, he's a pretty sharp, analytical type of guy, too. But who knows? We'll see what happens. I mean, just one thing to remind you, there is, in our league, it's a WRT flex, 
not a tight end itself. So if you really do want Travis Kelsey, that's fine. But, or whatever uh, the hell's his name, that plays for Baltimore, Mark... Uh, uh, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews, thank you. Or GK or whatever. You can get them, but it's not a... It's not an absolute um, necessity uh, in terms of, uh, well, what a shocker. Yeah, well, we knew that was going to happen. She'll probably go to Fox News. Um, then, uh, what's it? Playoff format. Yeah, Anthony Richardson was announced. Uh, he will be the starter, which is shocking absolutely nobody. So that's probably news for you, Josh. Um, since your Jaguars are looking to get the division title, Anthony Richardson will be the starter week one for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they have Gardner Minshew, former Jaguar, of course, as the backup guy. So um, that'll be, uh, they have a new situation there. Shane Steichen at uh, the head coach position and the like. Picking in the ninth spot kind of gives openings, gives different options, uh, whether you know, which way you want to go. Being a two-quarterback league, it gives into what Vic did last year, picking two quarterbacks back-to-back. Could do that. Could wide receivers and running backs, you probably want to give yourself something there, or you get a quarterback and one, or whatever. Um, it's, I mean, the theory, the theory that best available players there definitely makes sense. The way that the the way that the team lays out, um, I mean, when you look at how we the roster construction is, you have to have two running backs, two wide receivers, and uh, one quarterback for sure. Then you have a WRT flex and a super flex. We also have three IDPs in there, so that's uh, something to consider. So that's uh, something to look at. I mean, I'm trying to win this league for the first time in uh, many years. Uh, it's been brutal to come sh- come close and, and lose. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, I don't like losing in general, um, even if it is to friends. But um, Josh has had a great run. What is it? You've been in this league three years that I, because I think, yeah, you finished second third and i think fourth right so you know that's uh been three years being in the league so and we have a tough league here matt uh, my friend from bowling he's jumped in to take over the spot from professor j jeff coming back the philly fan a uh, former co-worker vic after finishing dead last every time he wins it usually coincides with CM Punk returning to wrestling. So now he is. So maybe he's going to. Uh, Joe uh, with Kyler's film, film club. I'm sure that he isn't watching any film these days. But his leg is up because his, or because of all the, his knee is jacked up. Uh, Steve uh, coming back for a second year. Uh, Luke, who's been in this league a few years, had a rough year last year. Um, Wilson's team there defending champion uh, Josh's Bold City Brigade uh, Manny um, buddy from the Knights and a good friend uh, who is definitely not technologically savvy uh, continuing with Stairway to 7 and my team 
is four quarters of tenderness, uh, which is uh, Kay Adams um, reference, because why wouldn't I have a Kay Adams reference being the my team name? Uh, we will see what happens with that. We'll let you know what happens with the draft for sure. Uh, 49ers, they played the Raiders and got demolished uh, 34-7. to In terms of the recap, Aiden Okama for the Raiders, 15 of 18 with a touchdown. Uh, in in where well, that was in the <clears throat> from uh, to Keelan Cole in the second quarter. Uh, the main storyline on the offensive side was the battle for quarterback Trey Lance. His stat line shows pretty good. The reality wasn't as much. It was uh, very. He was hesitant to get rid of the ball. Uh, some delays or pump, you know, pump fakes that are going and bringing the ball back and then getting nailed, sacked four times. Uh, that's not a great look. Um, I mean, Sam Darnold ends up going and having five of eight for 84 yards. That's fine. Uh, I know that. I think it seems like uh, Kyle wants Darnold as a backup guy because he can probably program him. It's fine and well. Uh, we'll see what happens with all of that. Dwelly catches a what should have been an interception for a touchdown, and uh, that was the only score of the day for uh, the Niners. Otherwise, nobody of great significance was out there. I mean, the two tight ends, Cameron Ladu and Braden Willis, Charlie Warner is the backup to Ross Dwelly. Uh, so those are the next four guys on the depth chart behind um, George Kittle. Uh, Ronnie Bell, Chris Conley, Willie Sneed were the three wide receivers out there. So no Brandon Ayuk, no Debo Samuel. Um, and then, um, of course, I'm forgetting dude's name that are third wide receiver. Uh, Sam Womack, Jair Brown, two guys that stood out uh, in the secondary. And you had Cleveland Farrell, the former top uh, five draft pick of the Raiders going back home to play against the Raiders, albeit I think he was drafted on Oakland and then uh, got cut. He's maybe the latest example of Chris Korchek's defensive line getting scraps off the other people's scraps and turning them into treasures, uh, trying to go out there and be uh, one of those uh, guys on the other side of Nick Bosa, who right now, of course, is holding out. You have Ambry Thomas, who had a tackle and an assist. He had a rough year last year, coming back with a little more energy. Um, I mean, we lost we lost uh, Ray Ray McLeod to an injury. So Ronnie Bell looks like he'll be the kick, and kick returner. I think they have Jeremy McNichols right now. They're going to be using him for punts. Former uh, Boise State running back. Jake Moody, the third-round draft pick out of Michigan. Used the top 100 draft pick, their first draft pick of the of the draft list last this year to uh, go and pick him. Missed both of his field goals, but no real concern. The kid can kick. He can kick long field goals. He's got a good leg, got a good head on his shoulders. He got through playing for Harbaugh, so I think he'll be all right. Um, he'll just have to get more steady as we go along. So, I mean, that's that. I think, uh, I mean, there'll be more conjecture 
with uh, the 49ers and the whole Trey Lance, Sam Darnold battle, Brock Purdy. We haven't. We're not going to see Brock Purdy. We're not going to see Christian McCaffrey. No, neither. None of those pass catchers. A lot of the offensive line. We're not going to see. Uh, maybe they get a. They they go and get a cup of coffee during this week and to play, and then that's it. Uh, but trying to keep them upright, which seems to be a problem with the 49ers in general, especially on the quarterback room, which is why they have four right now. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay, Josh, uh, let us... Oh, no, wait, we have to do Cup and Xfinity. I was about to jump all jump past. I was going to go right to the Sim segment. Uh, let's go to the Xfinity series, the Shriners Children's 200. 40 cars for 38 spots, so two cars will miss the show. Uh, okay, Chris Hacker in the 07 for SS Greenlight. Alex LeBay will be in the 08. So another, he's driven for three different teams recently, so that's interesting. AJ Almeninger back in the number 10. Alex Bowman driving the 17 for uh, Hendrick. Uh, Keebler Gibbs in the 19 for... Um, JGR. For some reason, I thought Kyle Busch was going to race in this in the ten car, but I don't know. Maybe I'm mixing it up from a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, Mozak twenty four. Stanton Barrett in the thirty five. Uh, Graf in the thirty eight. Stefan Parsons back in the forty four. Mentioned Sage Karam in the Richmar forty five. Uh, 53 car as it stands doesn't have a driver listed. The 74 they announced um, will have the 74. They're going to have Casey Carden, whoever the hell he is. Um, then, uh, yeah, Chastain in 91, Max McLaughlin in the 96 for FRS Racing. So that's that. Um, going to the picks here. Uh, last week. Uh, you went first, so I'll uh, go first for the Xfinity, and um, I'll pick Keebler Gibbs. Uh, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. It, one of two choices, really. I think that's there, or three um, that are there. Um, Gibbs coming off of the win last week. He needs to get into the playoff. He's... Points-wise, it's kind of iffy in the Cup Series. It's definitely going to have to make up a lot of state, get a good amount of stage points and a good qualifying run this weekend in the Cup Series, but I think he's going to end up going and, excuse me, get a victory there. Uh, I look at a wild card. Um, yeah, why not? I'll go with my local local guy. I'll go with uh, Stage Karam because he's got good momentum going for him. And uh, he did it last week at, at Indianapolis at uh, Watkins Glen. He'll picks uh, Keebler Gibbs to win and uh, Sage Karam wildcard. How about you, Josh? Well, I mean, yeah, I think I'm going to just have to double down on last week and go A.J. Allmendinger. Um, yeah, it's another, you know, another opportunity for A.J. to uh, win in the Xfinity Series and um, yeah, I think, you know, this track is maybe more similar to, um, Indy. So you're probably going to end up being right on that one. Uh, but you know, we'll go, we'll go with it anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with, uh, 
AJ winning the uh, Xfinity race, and then uh, wild wild card pick. Uh, we'll go with. Uh, let's see here. Well, you already picked. I was Sage would have been a good pick uh, there. So, um, yeah, I'll go with uh, Kaz Grala this week as my pick. He's you know he's underrated on the road courses and um, everything. So you know I'll I'll go with him as my wild card this weekend. Solid pick there. Sam Hunt team does have pace on the road courses. They've been showing good pace recently in general. So um, I think uh, he's a good sneaky pick for a top ten finish. Uh, he got one last week, so why wouldn't? Why can't he go and do it again? It's essentially one of his closest races he has to a home game anyway. If we get into the whole Martin Truex is eighteen home tracks kind of deal. Uh, okay, the. Uh, Cup Series, running the Go Bowling at the Glen. So that's a good one for me because uh, I love bowling and uh, it's my one of my favorite racetracks in the whole entire world. And Cal Penn is going to be the honorary pace car driver, the actor. Uh, long-time NASCAR fan, did not know that. Yeah, he brought that up while doing a, a, a bit while he was hosting a daily show, no less. So credit to him, man. He was in Harold and Kumar, and he was in Van Wild Wilder. Uh, he's a really good actor, so he'll be running, driving a pace car there. Maybe he'll get into the bowling pin and drive that around. Um, Ross Chastain will have the Moose fraternity on his one car, Auto Trader for Gumby, and Bush Light regular for Harv, Bill Submarines for Keselowski, Gainbridge for LaJoy. Mark three for Kyle Busch. Uh, go bowling on Eric Almirola's car after the second race with Ford. Mavis tires and brakes for Hamlin. Richmond water heaters and Menards for Ryan Blaney. Mahindra tractors for Chase Briscoe. I'll assume Camping World again for Andy Lally. Celsius for AJ Allmendinger. Fastenal, Busher, Siemens uh, for Martin Truex Jr. DeWalt. Concrete Total Solutions for Chris Bell. Dex Imaging again for Harrison Burton. Bubble also have McDonald's. Valvoline for Byron. Leaf Filter again for Justin Haley. Loves Travel Stops for Michael McDell coming off of his victory at Indy. Uh, Todd Gillen, 01.com e-bikes. United Rentals for Ryan Priest. Uh, Tyler Reddick with Toyota Smart Path. And then Ricky Stenhouse will have Sugarlands. And did they say something? New Ego Brunch in a Jar. Sounds like diabetes in a bottle. Uh, Cole Custer, I don't know. We probably, I don't know who he'll have on there. Uh, Keebler Gibbs has Monster Energy. Uh, Ferris Mowers for Ty Dillon. Balicki. Same sponsor, Freeway, back on for Daniel Suarez. So, Josh, uh, you get first dibs on uh, the picks here for Watkins Glen on the cup side. Yeah, uh, you know, this week, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with, why not? I'm going to go with Chase Elliott winning. He's, you know, he had good speed. Uh, Indianapolis finished second, so, you know, why not try to roll that one into a win? We'll bump out. Some people in the playoffs, of course, but, uh, you know, this is the, you know, for Chase, um, you know, this is 
win now uh, or go home. So um, he's got two races to do it. So I'll pick him to win uh, here this weekend. Uh, and, you know, my wild card, uh, we'll go with, uh, well, I mean, technically he's out outside of the top 20. So we'll go with uh, Chase Briscoe. So Chase Briscoe had a good race uh, here out Indy. So, yeah, let's continue. So continuing the theme here with uh, picking both chases this weekend. There will be something for him to go and uh, uh, mirror uh, what Tony's done at Watkins Glen many times, which is what he needs, which is a win. Uh, that's the only way he's going to get in because he's 31st in points. Um, Clyde and Chase are your picks for me. I, I mean... It kind of means, uh, I, I just, I, I mean, I, you picked Clyde, so I'm not doing that. And I'm going, eh. I feel kind of sketch about making that pick because I don't like their pit crew. And, uh, uh crap. I'm going to go... This is it's it's not as bad as picking like in our in the pick'em pool that I'm in where you have to pick one driver and you can't pick them the rest of the season. That's pretty bad. Um, but I have a hard time really figuring who the hell it would be. Uh, Watkins Lynn is a very uh, fast track um, compared to the start stop nature of a lot of the road courses that the cup series runs on. I mean, yeah, they're long straightaways at Coda, but it's very slow plotting most of the track. The street course is plotting Sonoroma Indy, even though they have long straightaways. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Truex. It's whatever. I, I think that's, that makes the most sense. Uh, it's one of his 17 home tracks. It makes, uh, and he's won there, uh, before, so uh, why not uh, just solidify his lock on the regular season points championship, get him, get some good playoff points and bonus points. In terms of a wild card selection for this weekend's race, well, you want Clyde, and he's outside of, in theory, I mean, he's outside of the top 15 because there's less than 30 drivers or 30 drivers that have run every race this season or something. So, um, I'm going to pick Bowman. Uh, he's running on Saturday and he had his best run in months and Hendrick is trying to put everything in their, in, in the corner of those two guys to get him in. So, uh, why the hell not? So Phil goes with MTJ to win and Bowman wild card. All right. So that's it because that's the only major series that's running this week. Uh, the Cup Series and Xfinity uh, next week will be a little busier. Uh, but uh, before we go, Josh, uh, let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and gaming in the Sim segment. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, last week did well. Went ran Xfinity and Cup at both. Uh, yeah, it the uh, indie road course so you know tried to mimic what you know we're seeing in cup and xfinity and you know that's um kind of what i was under trying to understand you know more of you know how the race flows and uh you know how how to really drive that track and 
everything. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a, I like the indie road course, you know, that's kind of why, like if they go away from it, um, kind of, kind of little, you know, a little bit bum, not really, but you know, um, I enjoyed racing it and I racing. So, you know, it was, uh, to me, it's pretty fun. Um, you know, it shows how tough of a track it is. You know, if you try really hard to, you know, go deep into a, a, a breaking zone, you really got to be, have a lot of finesse, uh, to really outbreak somebody into the corner. Um, you know, if you drive just even just the slightest bit too deep, you know, you miss the corner, uh, with, you know, the braking, uh, distance that it takes to, you know, slow down a, a stock car and you know, everything. So, um, the parts where I struggled in at this was the final turn coming onto the front stretch. Uh, it's really hard to lay down the power and get a, get a good launch off the corner onto the front straight, and, you know, maximize, uh, the power band uh that that you have in in you know both the xfinity and the cup car and um you know get up into the top gear before you make the uh braking zone for the first turn um and then also coming out of the s's after turn seven and that part where you briefly get into the short shoot before another braking uh hard braking zone in uh, uh turn 12 there um that one's pretty tough because uh, you're trying to lay down the power but you can't uh, and then, you know, you, once you get onto the brakes, there's a little bit of a transition onto the, um, uh, banking there, uh, in the short shoot and that can get your car out of shape if you, uh, aren't, you know, if you're not careful enough there. Uh, so, you know, that was, uh, pretty interesting as well. And then trying to manage the tires throughout the course of the run, uh, you know, with, um, the uh, tire wear and everything, uh, that we were experiencing and, and that. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Of course, I had a lot of errors though. Uh, you know, there were some parts where, um, got, you know, got spun out or spun myself out trying to just trying too hard or, um, not being in the, uh, you know, right gear, or just missing the corner completely and everything. But, you know, by the end, uh, started to get better at it by the end and, uh, was running top five, uh, in my splits. So yeah, definitely, definitely better, uh, towards the end of uh, the week there, but you know, definitely like, like running on that track. And then uh, the other, the other series I was running was the 87s at Talladega. And I mean, I think I might've had the best move that I've made in an 87 car uh, coming off of turn. Well, in one of the races I ran, it was um, off of a restart, just had tires. Some of the guys uh, in front of us stayed out and then of course in the, uh, the Ford uh, Thunderbird, which is the fastest 87 car that they've got, and then ran, uh, you know, from from the restart, was able to get a huge draft, and then um, turn one after the restart went high, and then uh, was able to get around the back stretch and just go split the middle three wide, and then pass the leader on on the bottom, but then uh, took the lead there, but then yellow comes out restart, and you know have the lead off of the restart, but then get out in front try to block and then get, get turned. So, um, you know, that's how it goes at Talladega and the rest of it, uh, trying to, trying to protect my position or trying to make something happen. And, um, you know, Talladega is just so hard. Cause like I, I've had so many races in Daytona and Talladega where you miss the wreck and then you run out of luck and then it, you get caught up into it. So, um, you know, like running there, but just, you know, hate how, uh, it always ends up, and it seems like 
the more that I run, even though I think I know what I'm doing, I just somehow get caught up in someone else's crash or something. And there's always like, well, there's always something I could have done to try to avoid this. But I mean, I think the last one that I was in, uh, I think I did everything right and just got, got caught up into it and got, got clipped when I thought I, I had the wreck missed. So, um, you know, it was just tough, but you know, I enjoyed running it because, you know, it's fun to, you know, go 220 into the corner and try to hold it, uh, you know, a 33, 31 degree, uh, degree bank corner there. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I did on iRacing this week. Now this week, um, we transitioned to Watkins Glen and so, uh, you know, NASCAR, uh, at Watkins Glen. So of course, all three series running at Watkins Glen, uh, in the, uh, cup series, uh, Xfinity and trucks all in, um, the, uh, um, Watkins Glen and then uh, the other series of course on ovals uh, you got open wheel so open wheel uh, yeah the indie cars are at auto club so that should be fun so at California Speedway Fontana that should be fun as well uh, so um, I like that uh, track as well of course as you know uh, running there so um, that should be interesting as well uh, the gen 4 Gen 4 cars, for some reason, are at Kansas that I feel like they should also be at Watkins Glen, but I'm not the schedule maker. But maybe I guess can't have all the NASCAR uh, or stock car series at Watkins Glen, so got to have a little bit of uh, diversity there. So I guess that's okay um, everything. And then uh, road course-wise, uh, we got um, the Sim yeah, Production Car Challenge at Watkins Glen. Got the um, GT4 cars uh, at VIR. Uh, you've got Grand Prix Legends at, uh, Detroit Grand Prix, um, the, uh, Boring Car Challenge at Virginia National Raceway, um, uh, F, you know, Formula 4 at, uh, Road America, uh, Stock Car Brazil, uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval, um, you've got the Porsche Cup at Circa Gills Villeneuve, um, the Formula Fords at Oran Park, got, uh, the, yeah, let's see, where is it? The GR86 at Zandavort this week. Um, the Global MX-5 Advanced Cup at Mid-Ohio. Uh, you've got, uh, let's see, Open Wheel C at VIR. Um, let's see, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of the road racing series. So, um, yeah, as always, you know, lots of lots of opportunity in iRacing to race, lots of schedule diversity there. Um, and as far as their 15... Uh, year anniversary they're releasing basically one dollar in credit for every year that you've been a member in iRacing so been a member since uh 2015 so uh, i guess that's uh eight, eight years bucks. now so uh yeah now 2023 so i guess i get eight dollars in credit so i guess that will help towards any dlc that i get uh you know any time which i think that comes out to 11 or 15 for a track so um, definitely, I guess, uh, you know, half off or most of it off for one. So we'll see. Um, but not like I really need it, but Hey, I guess a nice little token for being a member, but, uh, yeah, that's iRacing and course, uh, probably will download Madden at some point, I guess, uh, for the season, uh, you know, try to play as, you know, always play as the Jags, uh, and Madden try to try to do what they're doing in real life and everything, try to 
play like how they play and um you know beat people online or whatever with uh, the jaguars and everything um so yeah uh we'll mention of course um so a little bit of deviation but i just saw on reddit i guess uh nascar has released their entire catalog of races going back to the 50s uh, or most of it so they've got all the classic races you know going back to the beginning until now and um has a lot of interesting races so gonna go try i guess in the free time try to go and watch some of these old classic races from the 70s you know particular pocono michigan ontario speedway um lots of you know which was basically what we have today in the indianapolis motor speedway um same shape and everything but uh you know should be interesting to see how they race back then uh, which i think was a lot more competitive than today but you know uh there's a lot, lots of reasons for that, but um, lots of classic races from back in the day that anybody can go watch. Uh, so that's good. Uh, so you can watch a lot of classic content. And of course, it'll be in uh, probably could be in really good quality. So that's nice to see and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's it this week for the sim racing segment. Um, of course, go and follow Twitch TV, which I did stream this week actually uh, with uh, the Xfinity and Cup at at Indy. So go and watch that and see the replay on there uh, if you want. And go on there Twitch TV slash UCLA two and go and see whenever I'm online racing. So go on there. Um, and then of course uh, the uh, Twitter account uh, JP Huffine. Go in there and see what I have to say. Uh, about the racing or the Jags or anything in general, uh, try to, uh, you know, if I feel strongly about it, something, you know, like Trevor Lawrence being disrespected by the rest of the NFL, uh, try to put my opinion there. So, um, yeah, that's where I, um, you know, try to get information as well. So, um, lots of, lots of things there, you know, from people that we follow that, you know, try to get insight of, you know, what we're talking about here. And then of course, um, YouTube channel going there, Christian Podcast YouTube, go in there and subscribe, like our content, comment, and uh, you know follow us on there. So we have you know our, our videos on there, and this course will be up there as well. So uh, yeah, thanks to you, Phil. Of course, uh, glad to be back on. Of course, snow the week, and then you know looking forward to uh, you know finishing out this regular season in NASCAR. Got uh, another road course race, one of the best in uh, Watkins Glen. So looking forward to seeing you know how all the action plays out this weekend. Absolutely, man. And uh, thanks as always for being my right-hand man and sidekick and helping in regards to the technical side of things because I definitely have proven over time that uh, the technical side of things has not been my uh, forte. Uh, so maybe the qual- uh, definitely the quality I would think will be even better than usual. So appreciate all the help and all the insight you bring to the table. You can find us at Gripstrip Pod on X, Twitter, whatever the hell it is. You can find me at PG Matthew on that platform on Instagram, Philip G Matthew 28. Um, you can find the Gripstrip Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can definitely find it on philipgmatthew.com, which is my blog site. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be back next week for episode 183, pre reviewing the fall ball draft. Talking about week two, the NFL preseason, getting into all the events that took place at Watkins Glen, 
we will have the return of the Tate Fogelman algorithm because it is Daytona. So you want to stay tuned to that uh, for both the Cup and Xfinity series. Uh, the Daytona, of course, the Coke Zero 400, which is the cutoff to the uh, NASCAR playoffs. Xfinity still has a couple races to go uh, before they're cut off, but could play a role in who makes it in. Jeb Burton, of course, making it in to the playoffs with his win at Talladega earlier this year, as an example. And um, everything else I'll be going on in World Racing. Formula One will be back from their summer break as well. So we'll spend probably about five minutes, if that, on Formula One. Uh, IndyCar, Gateway, of course, trucks in Milwaukee Mile in their second playoff race. So got that. And a uh, nice, uh, healthy roundup to get into as well. So for Josh, I'm Phil. We'll be back next week for episode 183 of Gripshire Podcast. We thank you all for listening, liking, subscribing the whole bit. If you know anybody who loves racing or sports in general, definitely have them go and like and listen to us. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Gripshire Podcast.